On this episode of Negative Modifier, we'll be playing the game Delta Green. Delta Green is a mature tabletop RPG that tackles various dark and unsettling themes and topics that some listeners may find traumatizing, harmful, or generally uncomfortable. Listener discretion is advised. Deputy Philip drops you off, and there is a member of the National Guard sitting on the stairs leading up to your temporary office, and he kind of looks at you confused. Where the fuck have you three been? We've been busy. Doing what? You're the oversight committee. Kind of gestures around. He's like, you're supposed to be here, what, overseeing, oversighting? I'm sorry, do you work? On the oversight committee? The guy kind of looks at you, no, but like... Okay, great, so stop there. Kind of throws his hands up. Anyways. Yeah, walk past him. (laughs) So as you push past, he's like, what the fuck, but yeah. Do you all push past him or no? I follow right behind uh, Agent Star. I am physically, and I guess in character, trying to fucking stifle in a laughter and just continue on moving. Yeah, so as you walk past him, Agent Sanguine, he's like, one of the fucking officers or whatever the fuck you call him was looking for you. Uh, they had some questions about, like, did you just sign off on? So they sent me to find you, like, fuck you guys. Just walks off back towards some of the National Guard members. Let them know we're here. Bring the paperwork. Yeah, a few minutes pass. Someone shows up with some paperwork. They look more official. Uh, they kind of look at you. We sent some people by to get some stuff signed off on. Um, where have you been? We've been trying to get authorization for some things. We're here now. Let's see the paperwork. What do you need? It's just some authorization to kind of go and expand the radius of what they're working with, kind of start searching for people and whatnot. That normal stuff, as best you can tell, nothing inherently sinister or covert or anything, just like stamp of approval of, yep, keep doing what you're doing, essentially. Can I either use a bureaucracy or a search to just kind of verify everything? Yeah. Just so that way there's not like any kind of weird, like underlying text. What's your bureaucracy at? My bureaucracy is at 50. Yeah, that's more than enough to kind of recognize this as some very boilerplate, very boring, just like someone's got to stamp this so they can kind of keep doing what they're doing. And they know what they're doing. They're not looking for instructions. They just need kind of someone to say, Yes, we're going to move on from stage one to stage two now. Cool, cool. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, sign what I need to sign and whatnot on the papers, which is going to be so funny if uh, anyone has to look at these official ask government papers that I'm faking a signature on. How quickly can this be enacted or how quickly are we going to be transitioning from stage one to stage two? This guy looks like we've been waiting for the go ahead. Like we're, we're all unpacked. We're all set up like. We've been trying to find you guys for like almost three hours now. Cool. Well, everything's initial that needs to be initialed. Here's this. Go ahead and go. Yeah. Okay. And kind of leaves with attitude. By chance, was I able to catch who that was or their ID or anything else like that? Yeah, you could track them down later if you wanted to. Or what are you trying to do with that information? Oh, just know who I just handed fake signatures to, at least. Oh, yeah. Yes. That much you'd be able to do later. Yeah. Awesome. All right. 
I'm going to wait until he kind of leaves the room. Okay, so we've got a fake name on some official papers. So we're now running on the clock. We are running some uh, time down on the clock. We need to check out this green box still. Does any of you know how to drive in the ice or in temperatures like this? I can drive all right in the ice. All right. Well, that's kind of what I want to do first, or at least I just want to secure what we need to secure. I just want to catch up on what we need to catch up. Snail Star, do you have any anything that on your docket? No, I'm I'm in agreement with the green box for sure. One of us should take a look and see what buildings are still being powered, like the deputy was going through, though. Hmm. Or rather, like the deputy wants. Well, I can't make heads or tails of what that information is, so while one of you is looking that up, I want to see where this cross street was located, where they found that body, because I still can't tell what the hell was oozing out of that guy's puncture wounds. Is the office that we're in, does that have that computer with internet access now? Yeah, but I also remind you, like, cell phone reception internet's not exactly great right now. Lots of the lines are down, so it's at best going to be slow. Yeah, okay. if you wanted to like, print off a Google Maps or something, that you could probably do to... Yeah, like, finding the exact corner for where the phone booth was, that's not hard. Okay. Well, the other thing I wanted to actually look up was uh, I wanted to see if I can find, like, any matching insignia for that National Guard logo with the photo, or, like, see if I can match with what I, the photo I took just while we were there. You're trying to look up a person with the photo? The The National Guard photo I took of the body? I mean, yeah, it's it's easy to confirm that it is indeed a National Guard tattoo. Like, that's... Well, what unit specifically? Because we were talking about the unit earlier. Oh, a local one. Yeah. Oh, it's just a local one? Okay. Yeah. I mean, makes sense. College town. Okay. Well, the office that we're in doesn't have access to that app where I can see the... What, I guess, what buildings are still being powered, right? That's that no, separate that's, that's building? What, that's, the, that's the computer. That's what the computer would be used for, in theory, mostly. Okay. I can probably print that stuff out quick before we head out to the green box. Then. Yeah, easy enough. Okay, so then I'll, I'll, I guess, generate that report or log back in and pull that up. Do you want me to roll like my computer science again? Nah, now? you have the password for it. Like it's easy enough to navigate through. It takes a little bit of time. Okay, it's not a complicated program. Well, I'll do that and say yeah. As soon as I get that report thing here, we can all just uh, we can head out and stick together as a group. How far away was the body found from the green box? They're in opposite sides of town. The green box is kind of towards the outskirts a little bit. Shit. Okay. I was hoping there was going to be like a little one tripper on the way sort of situation. I mean, the town's not huge. It's not small, but it's not huge either. How how big is the town then? Big enough that it has a small college in it, I guess, but not so big it has multiple. And it's small enough that like this ice storm did a number on it. Okay. Okay. Well, if we have access to... A car, then. Let's uh, let's head up the. You do not have access to a car. It's not yet. Shit! How do we get access to a car? We're the oversight group. Just ask them for one. Oh yeah, huh? Well, I guess we need to oversee ourselves a car. Yep. The National Guard is probably your best bet for a vehicle. Probably a good good thing. I was hoping that there was going to be something that was less reliant on somebody else or I mean you could steal one we're already on a shaky cover (laughs) (laughs) 
I never said that was a good idea. I'm just saying it's an option. I feel uncomfortable splitting up because someone like it's it on one hand, trying to maintain cover is still something that we should attempt to do because all three of us just kind of leaving for an indeterminate amount of time and not reporting back to oversee some shit probably is going to have them start questioning us even more when we barely have anything to kind of prop ourselves on when it comes to being FEMA oversight. But at the same time, we got some shit to do. What are you guys' opinions on that? Quick question. What time is it right now? Uh, Between 11 a.m. and 12 p.m. Okay. Well, we want to stay here and just do oversight things for a while and then head out in the evening when things are probably slowing down a bit or whatever. We could do that if that kind of helps the cover a bit or we can uh, just go now. I just feel like uh, we can just go because we're the oversight. Like, we're just kind of checking stuff out. I mean, also officially going somewhere less suspicious than is vanishing for a few hours. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so did, by any chance, can I remember whether or not the green box location was within the phase expansion plans in the paperwork that I saw? Are we kind of moving out there at all by chance, or can we... The plans was more authorization. They didn't go into details of it. You could probably go ask what they were doing. Chances are probably not, but also based on the fact that the uh, green box has a working alarm, it's probably in part of the city with power. Hmm. Hmm. Well, if anything, we were able to brush the National Guard off pretty easily with just not telling them shit. Do you think we could kind of do that again if we just asked them to uh, give us a ride over to our green box? Look, you uh, you can only be a dick so many times to people before they push back. Is this uh, just one of those areas we want to push? I mean, I'll do it, but and I I won't care. But I just want to make sure that this is you know something we want to spend. I'm just trying to wrap my head around how to kind of make it out there without the fact that we do not have a car. A requisition a car, like. Yeah, we'll just come up with some lie. Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's. Yeah, trying to wrap my head around, like, like, I guess, official business and not trying to just steal some shit or like hijack a car. is so different than how I've played before. Yeah. All right. Let's requisition a car. We can kind of say that we're going to go check out more materials. We can leave probably one of our burner phone numbers for them to kind of call if they need anything, at least give them some sort of means to uh, contact us. So that way it's not like we're any more suspicious or we can rouse up any more suspicion. And cell phone lines aren't working great in the area. So if you don't pick up, Oh no. Yep. Hmm. Uh, So yeah, let's see if we can requisition a car from the national guard then. I'll find the person who uh, I signed paperwork for and I'll give them my burner phone number. If anything, I could go ahead and uh, have my phone be the dedicated uh, dump phone. So that way we could free up uh, your twos. Worse for me. Yeah. Checks out for me. 
Yeah, so as the guardsman sees you approaching, it's like, oh, what the fuck do you want? Or actually. Kind of looks at you kind of a little bit shocked. I'm sorry, what? A car so that we, we can kind of check out some things that we wanted to, you know, investigate a little bit further. I did leave my phone number with some of the representatives, so our apologies on not being able to get to us. Uh, we had some things that we needed to take care of, and it kind of slipped our mind. Uh, but it's not going to happen again, so don't worry about it. What do you mean investigating? We're here on a relief operation. Yeah, and we're going to be investigating more opportunities for relief. Kind of like gestures at some of the guardsmen. Just send one of them to, like, look, look, all right, we need to go look at some old power lines, see what can be done in the future, prevent things like this from happening. All right, we just do diligence. Give me a charisma. I'm famously bad at this. 12% out of 35% success. Hey. Maybe it's he has better things to do than argue with you about this. Maybe he actually believes that sentence. Maybe he really doesn't know what FEMA oversight is supposed to be doing, but eventually he kind of just takes a deep breath, lets it out slowly, looks at all of you, gestures at one person. Go talk to him. He'll hook you up with some keys. We have a small collection of vehicles from the power company that we're using for smaller things. Obviously, we can't give you one of the trucks for all the obvious reasons, but I suspect they can hook you up with something. If we need you, we'll get in touch with you, I guess. Um, Thanks for leaving a number this time. And goes off to do some official work. I'm assuming you go to the person and fetch a pair of keys. You get hooked up with a LaFontaine City Utilities service pickup truck. It's a well, slightly older model, but kind of heavier build, a heavier chassis, so it'll do probably a little better in the snow than a smaller truck would. Gas efficiency is not its main goal by any measure, but yeah. Assume you now have access to a basic set of tools as they're kind of loaded into this truck, as part of its normal kit it would normally have, and some electrical equipment as well that... You probably don't have the skill set to utilize, but it's there, at least. I assume we're off to, what, to the storage locker? Uh, yeah, I uh, jump in the driver's seat. Now, is this a uh, like a one-row like truck, essentially? Yeah, it's, it's probably a bench seat in the front. <laughs> okay. I just imagine the three of us in a bench seat in a truck right now, just driving through the ice. More normal than you might think, but I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Do I need to roll anything for drive? Yeah, give me a drive. All right. 85 out of 50 failure. It is slow going, which is not surprising. The road conditions are bad. Most roads are not well cleared just yet. Like, I'm not sure what you were expecting to do on this one, but it takes time and effort, and you're probably a tad frustrated by the time you arrive at your destination. Yeah, so you arrive at Earl's Rent-A-Space, and it's looked better. There appears to be a tree that's fallen through part of the roof of the building. There's a lot of snow. The building appears to be dark. It's not in great shape. Okay, so I basically park near there, and I look at the gang and say, well, we have arrived. I want to check out the surrounding area as I'm getting out of the truck. Is it like a pretty dense portion of like the town is there like apartment buildings around or whatever the heck or is it like a i mean there's a few this is kind of you're in a slightly more industrial outskirty part of the town like 
it makes sense it has the storage lockers. And if Delta Green were to pick a pretty remote storage locker, not a bad one to pick. Like, it's not even the best storage locker you can see from standing in the driveway of this place. Well, cool. I'm going to pop into the toolbox and I will grab. Does it have like a chain? Does it have like a padlock? Does it have like a wire cutter? If I, or sorry, bolt cutter if I need a bolt cutter? Yeah, it's got that type of stuff. Tight. Yeah, I'll just grab some tools, primarily like chain, if there's a padlock or like some sort of like locking mechanism uh, with that. And then if there's a power drill, I'm going to take that too. Sure. Well, I'm assuming this place is still powered because I think we mentioned that it's still powered, but I still want to grab a... Does the truck have flashlights? Yeah. Okay, I'll grab one as well. Just, you know, just to have one just in case and whatnot. And we have a unit number, correct? Yes, unit 0171. Right. So, skip the front office and just head to the unit? I mean, if the front office is in the way, or on the way, we might as well. The way this place is laid out is that you have a front office, but all the units are kind of facing into a driveway type of situation. Like, you can just walk right to the unit if you want. You don't have to go through a building to reach the units. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can go check out the unit first then, and then at some point we should check out the front office just in case. Yeah, I want to see if there's any kind of security footage or anything else like that. Hopefully their generator or something or whatever's keeping this place powered was able to keep the tapes going. But let's head over to the unit. Yeah. Yeah. So as you approach the unit, you get a pretty immediate sense of at least the gist of what happened. Mostly because the three that came down did a bunch of damage. This place came down hard on unit 0171 and like took out most of its roof two of its four walls and the door to it is obviously open even as you approach it type of thing is the the tree that caused the damage still there or like is it just been kind of cleared out nope it's still very much there okay does it look like it was weather knocked down or does it look like oh yeah you can see all the ice that kind of caused it to snap and break and smash into this thing a Unfortunate, but normal freak occurrence. Yeah. A, a, a naturally caused tree falling, if you will. Yeah. Okay. The state of the unit just has, a, like, when it says that caused a lot of damage, like, are we talking about, like, part of the wall fall, fell yeah, off? Like, or? Part of the wall's been smashed away, part of the ceiling's been smashed away, and the main door is just open to this unit. Well, fuck. Does the main door look like it could be closed again or at least secured or is it like busted busted do you approach the door uh yeah i guess like my first instinct is to kind of check it out and see if there's any way to kind of at least secure it as best as we can yeah so getting the main door down again is possible but as you approach you realize that someone has spent a lot of time just smashing a bunch of electronics inside of this box. Hmm. Do any of you have SIGINT or electrician by any chance? Nope, nothing from me. No, I have neither. Zilch. Yeah, so you can't quite tell how the system works, but there's very obviously a aftermarket or added to the system set of devices that seem to kind of tap directly into 
whatever power might have run to this box. It also has a couple that look like phone cables that run off somewhere else. If you had to guess, this is probably Delta Green's security system, and it's just been beaten the hell out of. Hmm. Give me a search as well. 73 out of 54 failure. 40% success. A 21 out of a 21 success. All right. So Agent Sanguine, Agent Star, you noticed just a second too late to stop Agent Snail from almost stepping into a frozen pile of bloody vomit. Agent Snail, give me a sand check. Oh, boy. 79 out of 75 failure. All right, that's one point of sand damage. Ready? Okay, I am good. Yeah, so just inside the unit, kind of in a corner right past the door, there's a frozen pile of bloody vomit with a footprint in the middle of it. And the footprint looks relatively fresh, not like last 12 hours fresh, but it's not been there for weeks. Which foot is it? Is it like the left foot or the right foot? Go with right foot. And by chance, which shoe was missing from the John Doe? Right foot. Does the shoe size kind of match? Not really. This looks like kind of almost a workman's boot or something. Okay, so it's it's not like a a footprint footprint, but like it's a shoe print. Yeah. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. I will say, after seeing that this footprint looks fairly fresh, do we have our like issued weapons on us? Like, if I have my handgun on me, kind of thing. I mean, you had either we're on vacation or emergency plane rides. Like, maybe you have a handgun or something, but yeah, probably minimal armaments at best. Okay, well, just as long as it's a handgun, I'm good. So, I will. Pull my handgun out of the holster just as a just in case. So it's primarily icy. There's no snow, correct? I mean, there's some snow. It's collected in some, but also like ice storms are a lot of ice and a lot less snow than you'd expect. Like it's also snow blows around like there is part of a roof still. The exposed parts do have snow on them. Like the ground has some snow. That's kind of why you can see the footprint some. But yeah, the frozen pile of bloody vomit is definitely ice and not snow. It's also kind of, also now that you're closer to the entrance of the green box, there's just stuff and plastic bags strewn about. Lots of various items that probably came from inside the green box. Are there, is it like a lone boot print footprint? Is there anything that's like leading to or from it? Give me a search. Searching. 46% out of 43 failure. It's hard to tell, like... It's probably more the frozen pile part of it that lets this be as preserved as it is. Snow's not great at kind of maintaining footprints. It blows away quickly and also fills in pretty quickly. Okay. And then is there anything, like, the green box is in disarray, but is there any kind of large piles inside the green box where someone could hide? Oh, yeah, several. So um, you want to start trying to kind of look through and do some inventory and see what was in there? I want to put down the chain and the things that I'm carrying and kind of take a cue from snail because if it's one of those things where someone is hiding inside this green box, I want to be prepared. Sure. So I too will pull out my handgun. I will say as best you can tell, just by looking at it, 
it's doubtful someone's inside of like the door is open like they've been exposed to the elements at best type of thing which means they'd be in a bad state it looks like it's just whatever was in there was kind of knocked about and now exists in a pile okay well i want to check the green box and just make sure everything's clear all right it's clear from people all right so you're gonna start stretching the green box yes is anyone else joining him uh i will i got i'll keep watch then all right everyone who's searching roll a 1d10 oh fuck 1d10 mm-hmm. i rolled a seven I rolled a five. All right. Agent Snail, amongst kind of the pile and the snow and the frost, you find a violin. Oh. Okay. Uh, so I see the uh, the violin, and uh, I kind of look at it for a second. Does it look like it's weather-beaten, or like, I guess? It's mixed with the elements, so I'm like, it's best you could tell it's just a violin, though. Okay. I kind of can I get a closer look at it? I mean, yeah, you can pick it up. It's a violin. I don't know if I want to pick it up. Ah, fuck it. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I go ahead and uh, I pick it up. All right. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit damaged. Like it's got some cracks in it. The neck's barely holding on, still type of thing. But as best you can tell, it's just a violin. Okay. Is the bow around there nearby? Yeah, you can find that pretty easily. Okay. Can I try playing it for a second? You absolutely can. Okay, so, so you I'll pluck just scatter. You try and like run the bow across the strings. Run the bow across the strings for a second. Do you have any musical ability whatsoever? Fucking zero. All right, so you may not know this, but playing a violin is actually quite hard. And the most common reaction that happens when someone for the first time attempts to run a bow across the violin is a horrible shrieking sound. There is no sound whatsoever. Well, I imagine I'm assuming this because the head is kind of loose and all that, but the strings aren't tight enough for it to produce a sound, correct? Oh no, there should definitely be something like it's tight enough. It should definitely make a sound. Oh, so I, uh, I turn towards the group and I go same odd and I do it again. Okay. So I'm going to first need a sand check from you. Okay. 19 out of 74 success. All right. No sand damage. Agent Snail, how far away are you standing keeping watch? Star, how far away are you standing watch? You know what? I'm going to roll because I think that I'm probably like patrolling a little bit. So yes, definitely. I'll, I'll roll a luck check. A 74, so I, I must be, like, coming back on a pass as he does it. All right, so give me two sand checks, then. Oh, I'm so sorry! 36% success. Yeah, it's weird the violin's not making any sound, but maybe it's really bad at it. 100% fumble. <gasps> All right, so it's gonna be two points of sand damage for that because of the fumble, and... From behind you, off in the distance, you hear this horrible violin kind of just shrieking sound as an untalented amateur attempts to run the bow across the strings. What the fuck are you doing? I found this violin here. 
Why the fuck are you playing a violin you found in a green box? It's a violin. Like it's a fucking green box. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, but what? Sometimes it's fun to mess around with the stuff. You guys you're, don't ever mess around with the you're stuff. You're fucking insane. I, I walk away. <laughs> Thirty-eight percent success out of fifty-nine. All right. Makes a certain amount of sense. You weren't paying enough attention to deal with this because amongst the pile of things, you find a series of vacuum sealed cell phone packets encasing an entire box worth of fleshy lumps. I look at those fleshy lumps and I kind of contextualize what's around it. I realize where I'm at and I will do my best to ignore it unless something is making me look at it or making me conceive it. So the things, if they were ever alive, are long, dead, and gray with age. They're all about the size of your fist and appear to be maybe tumorous or something like that. They appear to be medical waste, most likely. See, it's funny that you say medical waste, because immediately the doctor inside of me is going to be like, what the absolute fuck is that? But again, I know where I'm at, and I'm here to make sure that there's just nobody hiding in the piles. So I will do my best to not pay too much heed to it. Do I succeed in not paying it mind? Yeah. Okay. I give it, I just shudder a little bit and I continue my search. Do I notice the fact that Snail is trying to fuck with a violin at the moment? You best to ignore it, yeah. Ignore it. Okay, cool. Alright, give me another 1d10, both of you. Are you joining the search at this point, uh, Star, or no? Not at hell no, not after what just happened. Sure. Yeah, I will uh I will avoid on that one. So I rolled a one. Alright, snail. Oh, I have to do one as well, I guess. Yep. I rolled an eight. So Sanquin, you find a wooden carving kind of like a mannequin head with a hatchet lodged in its cranium. And there are scorch marks around the base of this thing. Do you have artistic skills? I do not. Yeah, it's weird, definitely, and yeah. As you look at it more, kind of, I can maybe it's your medical background kicking in at this point, maybe it's something else. You realize something unnerving. It's not so much that this was carved, as that it kind of has small little, what almost looked like dried roots sticking out of the bottom of it. Like it was grown or something. Give me a sand check. Uh, 91% out of 59% failure. What What's going on? What's happening with that? All right. Just one point of sand damage. It's just, you look at it and you cannot get over the fact that like, this wasn't carved. You're not sure how it was made. But it wasn't carved. And the more you look at it, the more you're realizing it looks like wood, feels like wood, but you've never seen wood look like this ever. And like your eyes are having a hard time escaping the crudely kind of chiseled and drawn smile and eyes on this thing. It's very hard for you to look away from this thing. But you eventually managed to. Okay. I was going to say, I was going to do my best. <laughs> Ugh. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Hopefully that's the weirdest thing in here. I have to 
worry about anything else. Agent Snail, you find a metal cylinder used in a hand crank rotary printing press. Do you have any visual art skills or art skills in general? Uh, art skills? No. There are some markings on it. They appear to be in French would be your best guess, but I'm assuming you do not speak French. I do not speak French, I believe. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, so the cylinder can be spun. It's part of a kind of a hand crank rotary printing press. Like You can have a visualizer almost if you wanted to, but the images on it appear to be kind of comic-ish in nature, but you can't quite tell. Hmm. You said it could be cranked? Like spun, yeah. It's a... God damn it. So I kind of inspect the item a little bit um, and then, yeah, I'll kind of give it a little bit of a twist to see just if it moves or not, or if it's just kind of locked up. And you kind of hold it up and give it a spin. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So the comics rapidly blend together into almost kind of like a movie scene. It kind of becomes like an old school style zoetrope as it spins. And you could swear that you're counting a seventh panel amongst the sixth and also it's not repeating itself the way it should be every single time like it seems to almost have like an endless quality to it but it seems different every single time what do you do i turn it over to the group and i go are you guys seeing like more than one panel by any chance this looks interesting i mean there's six panels on it yeah well i'm just saying like you guys and you guys know French, I guess. I, I yeah, because you said it looks like. Or sorry, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't know it's French. Well, would I know it's French at all, or no? I mean, you can guess what French looks like based off seeing it. But okay, anybody here speaks uh, or can probably tell what this language is. And like, I, I turn it. I I'm spinning it as I turn to the group, and then I stop, so they can see like the the text, if you will. I fumbled my last sanity check. I stay, I'm like 20 feet away from the entrance now. I don't come back. Sure. I realize that like Snail is talking as I look from my little grown mannequin head and I look at Snail. Am I far enough away that I can look at him safely, I guess? Or am I going to start doing some shenanigans? Are you looking at it spin? I see that it's in his hand and that he's turning, uh, he's turning it, but I know better. It's like, Snail, have you, have you not been inside a green box? And I'm doing my best not to look at it. Oh, no, I've been in a few. What are you doing with, why are you picking things up? Well, we're supposed to look around. You guys really need to live a little sometimes. Seriously. We're trying to take inventory of the green box and make sure everything's fine. This this isn't a toy store. Could you could you point that away? <laughs> and at, at that point in time, I can't help but just to look at like what he's spinning, I guess. As I'm trying to avoid looking at it. Yeah, no, again, you you see, despite there being very obviously only six plates in this thing, a seventh plate, and it kind of seems to swap in and out as necessary to make this thing feel endless as you're watching it. I, I I turn away. Yeah. So as you're turning, a weird thing catches your eye. It's a 
stack of yellowed dot matrix paper and accordion folder. And it's thick, like 40 inches thick, like a massive file. Is it labeled? Pile itself is not, but it appears to be just lots of words over and over and over on a page. And I clearly see what the words are. Yeah. Do I see these as well, or is that just uh, Sanguine? You can come over and see it now if you are done with the spinning thing. Yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll join them. Yeah, so the top one reads Caucasian male, glove size large, 23 centimeters, unkempt nails, bite marks on thumbs, wedding band tan line, but no ring for three years and two months previous. Black hair on knuckles, scar on left metacarpal from carving accident woodshop, fall semester 1994. Below that is another entry about a different pair of hands, as best you can tell. And so on and so on and so forth. Wait, is this, is this a dossier about just hands? Maybe. You keep reading through it? At that point in time, I'm genuinely intrigued. Because, like, again, this is a very specific thing about hands, correct? Yeah. As far as I can tell, yeah, I will flip the next couple pages. Yeah, so do you kind of flip coordinatedly or just kind of haphazardly? Haphazardly. Yeah, so you kind of flip like 15 or so pages in. Agent Star, what do your hands look like? Agent Star has particularly rough hands. He grew up in Texas on a ranch, so, you know, there's some rope burn scars there. Hands are very calloused. And there's probably a lot of uh, bone scarring from rough childhood and the fact that uh, he is a avid gun user, has been an active SWAT member for years. So there, uh, there are a lot of things that uh, would be noted on a file specifically about his hands. Probably things about connected to repeated gunfire that yeah, would, uh, calluses, yeah, slide scars, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's all there in generic and formal detail on the page. Does it name Agent Star specifically? None of these name a name. It just lists ethnicity, gender, stuff like glove size, general sizing to it, nail status, and then important distinguishing details. Hmm. That's a very specific file. Okay. Uh, below it, what do your hands look like, Agent Sanguine? There's a birthmark discoloration on the right ring finger that um, initially was thought to be carcinogenic, uh, but is fine. It's just a pigmentation situation. There are a couple freckles here and there. Uh, nails pretty uh, deftly manicured um, just to kind of keep up appearances. But there is a specific scar found on the left hand that was from a early surgery that uh, released a pinched nerve in the thumb. Yeah, so you kind of look at your hands as you're holding this piece of paper and realize it is describing your hands in great detail. And Agent Snail, mm -hmm. 
as you reach for kind of what appears to be a scattered collection of papers and a metal box, what do your hands look like as they're listed right below Agent Sanguine's on the page? So my hands are, I'm kind of an office docky in a way, but they are a little bit rough because I do box. And I mean, obviously, as part of my job, I do handle handguns and things like that. So, but beyond that, it's not, they're not really that rough. Not a lot of scarring, anything like that. But yeah, it's just uh, more on the, I guess, not so rugged side. But uh, maybe a little bit of a, yeah, no, actually, yeah, just very plain hands, if you will, but more on the softer side. Sure. So what's your reaction to this list of hands, Agent Sanguine? It's like how I found out about WikiFeet for the first time. I understand that there's like some people are just obsessed with it. But the fact that there's like a compilation where people will like just community add onto it. And then furthermore, this is now the niche, but equally, I guess, valid uh, wiki hands printout of the entirety of it. There is a compulsion that I have, to be quite honest, to see if it's constantly updating. To see what's on the last page. Do you want to check out the last page? I don't want to, but I do. I will. If it's like updating at the moment that I will, I will lose it. Well, reading all of these would take days. Like there's a ton of pieces of paper here. But the last two entries describe two separate pairs of hands. The second to last ends with use to staunch puncture wound, abdomen, mortal, ruptured spleen and perforated bowels, death in two minutes and 19 seconds. And the final entry in the list simply reads flames. Reads what? Flames? Yep. Can I rip this page out? Sure. Is there any other thing regarding staunch puncture wounds? I ripped this page out and I'm looking at it, I guess. And I'm studying it. Is that like uh, correlate with what I saw with the John Doe by chance? No. No? Oh, then... I put the rip page back and I continued my search. Just kind of realizing the fact that I just kind of lost it for a second. I mean, actually, to your point, um, the puncture wound might have lined up with that. Like, it's in the abdomen area. Like, it's guy did freeze to death. Guy did die of puncture wound. Instead of putting it back into the file or like the large stack, I put it next to it, like off to the side so I can get back to it if I need to. Sure. But yeah, I guess have we fully concluded clearing and kind of inventorying the uh, green box or I mean, there's a couple things left in there, but Agent Snail is busy reaching towards what appears to be a ammo box with Portuguese lettering on the side of it. (laughs) What? Yeah, so I reached for this ammo box and what you know, obviously I can't tell what language, but so I'm going to shake the box while it's in my hand. Kind of like how you would shake a Christmas present. Do I, do I notice this? Yeah, you see him pick it up. He picks it up from kind of a pile of various yellowed notepads and kind of writing journals too. 
hundreds of legal ads kind of stacked around this thing or or tossed around this thing, I guess is probably more accurate. Snail. Hmm? What's in your hand? Uh, it looks like an ammo box, but I can't really tell what, uh, what language this is in. I, it sh- I mean, it sh- I should be able to at least make out what caliber the bullets are, right? Because, I mean, that's universal. No. Wait, like, is it? Hold up. My understanding of an ammo box is like just a green metal box. Some are marked with information. This one appears to, yeah, this one has kind of the caliber printed on the side of it. Am I able to open it? Yeah. Snail, what are you doing? Come on, you're telling me the curiosity isn't killing you here? I'm not sure if it's going to be the, well, it could be the curiosity that will kill us. I'm not too enthused about that concept, Star. Star. I want nothing to do with what's going on in there. Snail's trying to open up a box. I've already made my opinion on opening things in green boxes well known. Snail, could we could we just finish up the could we finish up the uh the check first and then if you want to, you can go ahead and open that up afterwards. I you look over, uh, I'm like ah, fine. I will neatly set it to the side. Let's uh, let's let's just finish up this job real quick. And uh, if you want to satiate your curiosity, you are more than welcome to do so. Uh, I just want to make sure that I can get our shit done. Yeah. So I, I like I said I neatly put the box down, and uh, yeah, I continue uh, looking around. I mean, there's a stack of papers and whatnot. You start trying to go through those. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start going through those papers. All right. You want me to do a search? Oh, no, those, it's quite easy to find the papers. It's going to take some time to go through all of these, though, too. Like, talking a few hours. And now have some handouts to share with you. One it appears to be slightly newer than the other items. It's um, white paper. It's got some what appear to be blood smears on it. I'm sorry, but things were too strange. I tried to write it down, but after each night dreaming in the jungle, the words never seemed right. I tried, but there's no getting this out of the blood and onto the page. I've hit the limits of fiction. I tried, but there ain't nothing like them in the history of the world. Just more terror in different flavors. I tried, but maybe it was actual journalism all along. No fiction in this madness. Maybe it will help someone if they end up real. I tried. I'm sorry. Don't open the box. The rest of what you find is dozens, if not maybe hundreds of failed drafts of a book called Escaping Altamaria by Ryan Whitehead. Many of you happen to have been fans of kind of like uh, alternative or kind of edgy 1960s literary stuff by any chance? Not me. Mm. Mm-hmm. June 2nd, 1972. It's been a week now since the magazine sent me to the jungle to write an article about the Wild West going south. I'm following a moving frontier town called Little Altamira. I don't know if it's a second chance from the editors or the owners getting me exiled here for a month or so for some of my less sober indiscretions. <laughs> Either way, it took me surprisingly little time to pack. 
Albert coming along as photographer. Good eye. Knows how to drink and takes pictures. Somehow, though, we got to dish the magazine stooge they sent to keep us in line. Brazil's latest military coup wasn't content enough with its 15 minutes of dictatorship. Those crazy bastard generals are cutting themselves a little road through the green hell alongside the river. The river. The Amazon. Two years on, and the Rodivia Transamazonica is little more than dried-out potholes in summer and muddy swamp in the rainy season. And yet it continues. And as it pushes through the humid jungle, Altamira follows close behind, serving the workers booze, drugs, and the bodies of its women. A depraved place, and dangerous too. Men frequently getting shot, left on the trail. Often for even less cause than a couple of reals. They're paving the road to modernity with the bones of barroom shootouts and used rubbers. Who knows if there is in fact a heaven and a hell. Well, I could take a sordid guess that hell will be a viciously overcrowded version of Little Altamira. June 4th. Ran across some statues, seven feet tall and dotted along the trail, like roadside attractions. They depict women with clubs attacking a figure that is very obviously male. With such enormous equipment, he don't have room for legs no more. <laughs> Just a stone trunk being dragged through the dirt while he's walking on his hands. Got no eyes. Just a big sucking hole for a mouth. The crew blasted some of them apart to make way for the road. Gotta remember to call the museum down here before these savages crush their whole history to hell and gravel. June 6th. I... I can't make sense of it. We saw the smoke of the town about a day earlier than we expected. Thought the bastards called it a day and went home. Far fucking from it. Far fucking from it. Entering Little Altamira, we came on a scene that would have made Caligula blush. A real loving. We dive right in. Albert and the other stooge are lost in the shuffle. Things get fuzzy, but it's about the craziest damn time I can ever remember. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. <laughs> Women fighting over me like a piece of meat. Then the gunfire. Army came down from the road, his gunned down everyone they saw moving, and then set upon the fallen. Machetes. Fascists' wet dream. As mere anarchy is loosed upon our little world, a blood-dimmed tide everywhere. They grabbed a group of us survivors and lined us up. The officer stalks out of the night. He's a hard bastard, more scratched than skin, bleeding from everywhere. I almost feel, smell the fear in the air as his name is whispered by his men. They call him El Jefe. El Jefe walks down the line and begins cutting himself with a straight razor, looking each of us in the eyes he does it. About the fourth one down, he cuts his face. The girl in front of him, maybe 17, maybe older. She gives this moan in response. A deep one, pleasant, 
Then she's being dragged out of the line by her hair. The soldiers, they circle up round her in a C-shape, real careful to give us a full view. The others find a line and cock their rifles. I'm pissing myself, staring down the barrels, begging all the languages I know. When I see the girl on the ground, she's still hot to trot, writhing round the mud like a dog on heat. Elhefe shouts something, and the soldiers start beating her to death with their rifle stocks. I see it all. Elhefe, he sees me. He's staring straight at us. He starts pointing at folks in the line, and they open up with them goddamn guns. The man to the left of me goes down. The couple to my right scores more. All that was left was maybe half a dozen of us. There's this eerie calm between the girl's last breath and the sounds of the jungle resuming. Then there's this rustling in the underbrush. A weird hooting, chattering, like bats on a summer night, but louder and from every direction. The soldiers are shooting again, but this time into the trees, screaming, Amante, Amante. Someone grabs me, and we run down the muddy road in the dead of night. I swear I can hear those hooting bat noises rushing past us. Meet Albert back in the boat landing. No sign of the magazine, Stooge. Albert's face is cut to shit, and he's got no answers for me. What happened? What the hell happened? June 7th. Was woken early in the morning. Sounds of a fight. I found Albert stabbing one of the remaining soldiers with something. He held it in his mouth and went at the man like a fucking woodpecker. The Brazilians almost wiped us all out as they tried to shoot him on full auto. I was screaming. I was screaming at him. Something I don't know what. And then he came at me with that thing writhing out of him. I ended up cutting something off out of him. My pa's bowie knife. Albert fell overboard. The verandas finished the job. Those left threw their own dead to the fish. Didn't hesitate, as the ceremony of innocence is drowned. Thing still flopping around in my hand. I slammed it shut inside an ammo box. I can still hear it thrashing around in there. <laughs> Maybe a doctor back home will, I don't know. Guess that old boy Conrad was right about the jungle. The metal of the box has been bent and crushed from the inside, where thousands of tiny scratch marks can be seen. When you picked it up, the box was definitely closed, but the latch was like fully engaged or something. So whatever may have been in this is definitely no longer in there. Uh, 
On behalf of all of us at Negative Modifier, thank you for listening, and we do hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to support the show, please consider rating or reviewing us on your platform of choice or supporting the show over on our Patreon. In addition to that, if you would like to chat about episodes or with the cast in general, please consider joining our Discord server. Links to all of this and more can be found below in the show notes. Thank you.